Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with 0083 Rebellion Volumes 8 through 11. Uh, in the last episode, we finished the regular anime series and we are kind of taking off where the last, our last two episodes, um, we did not cover the manga because there was such a large divergent um, storyline after uh, the moon battle where uh, Kelly survives in his mobile armor. So uh, this week we are picking up with that. Uh, today we have Scotty P. Hey. And Luke. Howdy. And I'm here too. All right, so let's let's go ahead and uh, get started. So um, we pick up with Volume 8. Um, if, if we remember, so what happened at the end of Volume 7 is essentially was um, Kelly uh, fights the, the GPO2, um, and um, Gato comes, and they fight, and Kelly's able to get away. Um, Clara is able to steal the, the unit four Kelly survives. Um, and that's that for, for the most part. Um, when we start with, with volume eight, um, we see Nina has said she is going to stay behind on Luna. Um, and everybody appears to believe that unit four was destroyed, uh, in, during the large battle between everybody on the moon. Um, we also see some shadiness from the uh, Anaheim uh, director. He basically tells Seema that he is going to retrofit the Unit 4 with a different exterior so it doesn't look like a Gundam, but it's going to have the Gundam internals. I never would have expected an Anaheim guy to be shady. <laughs> yeah, luckily it's the same guy that we see in the anime. So like they, they kind of expand on his character and basically how he's just like double wheeling and dealing the entire time. Yeah, um, it, it, they really set up Anaheim better for their role in the next couple of series in yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, it didn't seem like there was much, uh, much really good setup in the show, comparatively speaking. Like a little bit, like hints, but that's about it. Yeah, you see people here and there, and like they make these shady comments, but yeah, the the manga really just shows how much this guy's just playing both sides um and and really like um he he's playing for the the zeon side or at least the sema side of things um for the most part i'd say um so we meet mal gale um who is a former zeon soldier and i think earlier in the manga we saw like a very Wait, what did you call him <laughs> how do you what do you call him m-a-u-g-e-i-l right no, 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 no. The MAU is the Marine Amphibious Unit. Oh. And that's the unit he was in with SEMA. His name is Gale Hunt. You're right. You know, I, I think when I first read it, they, they called him Ma Gale, but in future places, I call him Gale Hunt. My notes. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, Gale Hunt. We meet Gale Hunt, who has been shown in, I think, in chapter like zero of the manga. Um, basically, we see. Seema at a bar where she sees this guy on TV being captured. Um, but we see that he is a former Zeon soldier um, who was captured after the war. And he is now a Federation soldier 
uh, whose name is Claude Kurtz. Um, they don't go too much into him more at this point, other than to like point out that he is there and he is, you know, a fetty guy that's like a war criminal. Correct me if I'm wrong. His only appearance, it, he didn't appear in the anime at all, except for Mayfly of Space, right? Right. Yeah, they show a quick flash of him in that. Yeah. Yep. But without this manga, you don't have context. And I remember the first time I watched that, I was like, "What? It? What?" what? You no, know, I have not rewatched it since reading the manga, so I probably should go back and watch it again. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to highlight things that are different from the anime and the manga. Um, I don't want to do like a play by play, or we'll be here all day with everything. Um, so essentially, uh, the sh- the ship's taken off, and we we see Mona again, and they she believes non GM shoots have been non GMs have been loaded onto the ship that she's on, and she thinks at first they're strikers, but you know, there's like some questioning of like, what the hell are these these suits that are being brought onto this ship that she's on? Um, so like, th- there's something going on on. They're transporting stuff that she's curious about. Um, but before Nina leaves the moon, she goes and visits uh, Kelly's wife Latura, um, and Latura lets her know that she is pregnant. And, of course, she wants it to be a girl because Latura hates men. Yeah. Um, and Nina, and, and again, this is like a, a really big difference from the, the anime. Nina goes and asks uh, Director O'Sullivan from Anaheim to send her to the Dallas fleet. She's basically like, I know you're dealing with these guys. I know you're selling them uh, arms. Let me go. Um. And he's like non-committal about it, but you know he's going to do it because he doesn't want this chick to like blow the lid on what what they're doing. She's blackmailing him into it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so Mona finds out that the uh, units on her ship are Zionic uh, force, not Zionic, but Zion forces, um, and they are RX eighty-one G line units. Yeah, which... so these are those are still Fetty. Um, units they're just they are from uh they're from the battlefield record uh, game that we were talking about a little bit before we hit record now so those were in uh that video game and they're reused again here um so they are uh, keep they're working for like the like they're with the federation but with your guys like uh, nakato that we see later and uh, yeah the the basic uh description of the rx81 g's are that these are units that were developed right at the end of the one-year war and they're essentially mass-produced versions of the gundams period like they have feature parity with the gundams right i thought they were like intended to run at a lower spec no they the, the well i mean they could they might have been but in the the manga they very much say like these are feature parity with the Gundam. Mm. So I don't know if that means like, um, uh, what, what was it that they, they use at some point, like some like magnetic coatings and stuff like mm. that. So, so that they can move a little bit better, um, than most mobile suits that are, you know, using your basic gear sockets for things. 
Um, these basically allow you to move a lot more mobily in space and all that fun stuff. Yeah, they, they don't get into the details here, but it's one of those things where it was, hey, we have this cool new design. Let's make up something for it. Right. Um, and then this just picked it up from a game that did that. And the story with a lot of these is, well, they wanted to mass produce the Gundam. In this case, they're using the G lines here and they're very limited because it was one of those, hey, we want to mass produce it but this is too expensive. So we'll take these few prototypes and shove them off somewhere and let's build GMs. Yeah, it's weird. I, I had always been under the assumption that the RX lines, um, the, the number was based off of the year that it was um, developed in. So when they said this was at the end of the one year war, it kind of like threw me for a loop because I, I didn't think it was like a sequential number. I thought it was like, like the RX 79 or the RX 78 was, Hey, this is when it was developed, not when it was necessarily like put into production, but maybe when it was like put in a prototype or something. Along yeah. Those lines. Well, and again, the, the RX 81 would have first been like actually used in 0081, but I, I don't know, like, I don't know how much actual consistency there is in that numbering. Probably not a lot. I, again, this yeah. was just something that was like it. I had assumed it based off of just like seeing the numbers on like shows and things like that over time. Yeah, this very series though kind of disproves it, right? Because otherwise, the GPO one would be like RX eighty three, right? Yeah, and it, it's I get depressed. So I'm reading this like old defunct Angel Fire <laughs> website where the guy breaks down breaks it down in like way more detail than I think I've ever seen. Not sure where he got this from, but it goes it goes deep. I'll, I'll I'll skim it. I'll skim it. But it looks like everyone has different numbering schema. So like the Anaheim developed stuff is different than I don't know. It's all over the place. Well, I knew the like the Xeon stuff was way different than like the the Anaheim stuff, but yeah. All right. So Claw Claude meets up with um, the Granada forces in secret, um, and Mancha's unit sorties with some Zaku's in the meantime, and then. Um, Cole and Keith head out together as well at the same time. And they're able to, um, in this battle, grab a soldier from the last Zaku um, that's there. So this is kind of a little bit, again, a little bit different about how they're getting information on what's going on um, in regards to the naval review that's going on. So um, based off of this soldier that's grabbed, the feds are given information that there's going to be an attack on the Naval review. And then, so that it seems like at this point, the Federation soldiers reach out to SEMA um, who has been negotiating with them to essentially join them for a while. Um, and SEMA basically says she's willing to exchange inf information on this attack uh, as long as she and her unit can join the Federation. So SEMA wants to become uh, an autonomous unit within the Federation, similar to the way the Albion um, mm -hmm. and everything functions. Yeah, and, and she's going to meet up with Wyatt to do it. But I didn't get what. So, what you said about the prisoner, that's not what I read really out of it. I read that with the prisoner, so they show you that guy and they say that he doesn't know anything um, because he's going to, he's just a remnant that was going to join the Delaz fleet, but he hasn't actually linked up with them yet. Okay. And then it, what they have is that um, Burning tells Synapse he thinks the target is the Naval Review. And Synapse is like, mm, yes, mm -hmm, yep, you know more than I do, so I'm going to agree with you. And then you have 
the stuff with. So that's why they start going in like that direction. Right. Um, because they've been told to operate autonomously. And then they, what ends up happening here uh, soon, um, I'm maybe jumping ahead a little bit. And that's I, all good. I am, but um, is the, you know, that's why they stumble on like SEMA and Wyatt meeting up because they're like, their hunch is that they need to be heading that way to stop yeah. the attack. Yeah, the the one really neat place thing about this whole scene we see going on is um, we see a little bit more exposition on Seema's betrayal of Delaz. Um, and we don't really get anything new that we didn't know before, but we actually just see it kind of playing out like in front of the cameras a little bit, whereas, whereas in um, the anime we kind of mentioned, it was like, well, they needed to get from point A to point Z. So at some point they just force this to happen right um whereas in the the manga it's like well we know this is going to happen so let's make it happen a little bit more naturally throughout the entire thing um as opposed to in the anime where it's like well we tried to meet up with Seema's fleet but we couldn't so you know we just we we just have to assume that they're working together yeah based on what he says in the very short little interview on the blu-ray i think Seema is the or at least becomes the second show directors like self-insert yeah um so nina finally makes it to the laws fleet fleet um uh, after all this battle and cajoling between sema and all these people um and we also see sema and kurtz finally meeting up as well um to discuss the attacks the details of the attack on the naval review um, it was actually weird because when I first saw Kurtz in the um, manga, I thought he was a Xeon spy. It just turns out he is a douchey Federation officer from Xeon, formerly. Um, that you know he's, uh, and we learn later on that he he's essentially um, been giving been, been given a second chance on life um, by I think it's Admiral Moore. Uh, I forget which which admiral it is. He he, he gets killed and uh during the the, the battle uh of um Compe. but um he is yeah uh, we'll get there i actually have a note on that <laughs> scotty's giving me a weird look um yeah so uh kurt kurtz is basically being protected by an admiral um but he is a a federation soldier that is that's why he has a new identity now um yeah so we go back to chapter chapter 42 of volume 8 it's actually pretty neat for me because um it jumps back to there's a flashback of nina being selected as a gundam engineer uh you get to see her kind of falling in love with gato on on luna uh and whatever von braun wherever they're at in the the and um the the trash compactor valley or wherever they're they're falling in love at um and so, yeah, and then we flash forward to, to modern times where Nina finally meets with Gato over the phone, I think it is. I don't think they ever meet in person at this point. Well, she is, she's gone and she's with the, you know, at the Delaz fleet and like with uh, Karius. Yeah. And Gato is on another ship. Yeah. And she basically like forces them to let her call him. Um, and she's like pissed off at him and, um, you know, the, there's this whole interaction where it's basically like, 
He's like, yeah. She's like, you used me while we were on Luna to learn more about the Gundam, right? And he was like, yeah, whatever. Fuck, get away. Yeah, he says you're a damn fool. Like, yeah, yeah I used you entirely. And um, it is. It, and and it's hard to tell, like, based off of this interaction, if he's just like pushing her away to like where he can get his mission done, or if he's like actually telling her the truth. And I think I think they very specifically in the manga and the anime leave this very vague. Like, there's. There's an assumption that like he had feelings for her, but it's hard to tell like what level of feelings maybe. Well, they do explain later in the manga. Well, not it is not directly, but it's implied strongly enough to me that it's confirmation that he is lying when he says he used her. He is it's exactly what you said. He's just trying to like he doesn't need that distraction right now. Yeah, well, I think it's a combination of both, right? Like I think he he did use her, but I think he also fell in love with her. Uh, well, Carius asks him. Yeah. Oh, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he says, I'm not that shrewd a man. Right. And to me, that means that he, if he used her, he didn't mean to. Right. Like, to, that's the way I took it. That's yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Um, they, they really make Gato out here to not be, I mean, he does some goony villain things, but yeah, they yeah he's definitely more two dimensional. Or three dimensional. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyway, the backdrop of this is that meeting between Seema and Wyatt that we mentioned. And because the Albion has shown up and they actually show Wyatt was just going to start attacking them because the mobile suits get there first. Um, but then when the actual Albion shows up, they're like, well, it'll look really bad if we start attacking the suits and can't get away with it in secret. And everything basically just goes to shit and their deals off. Yeah. Um. And and so we see, like, we had talked about in a few of the series where we liked the, the manga a lot, that the manga makes um, Nina into a better character. And I think, I think that ends here. If it makes her a better character, but a a more well-rounded character, like you understand her motivations and stuff like that a lot more. She's way more rational up until this point. I feel like in in this point of the manga, she also falls apart as a character. Yeah, I'd agree. I certainly didn't hate her up until this point in the manga, but I recall coming out of it still not liking her. So yeah, so yeah, so at this point, she's you know arguing back and forth with Gato. And she basically uh, takes a gun uh, and threatens to kill herself over over the phone with Gato, um, basically saying like, you know, if you if you love me or if you used me, blah 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 blah. Um, and Gato just, he says, yeah, go ahead and fucking blow your brains out. I don't give a shit. Um, and she actually does try to do it at this point. Yeah. Well, he hangs up. Yeah, he he ghosts her. She's like, is your is your answer different about using me? If you knew I was ready to die, and he's like, click, I ain't got time for this crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so she does pull the trigger, but her friend saves her somehow. Um, so she only blows off like part of her face. Yeah, it only grazes her conveniently. Thanks, Paula. And this is, by the way, this is a the end of volume eight. Is the oh she shot herself, so that would leave if you were following this you know, through like a serialization or something that would have been the cliffhanger ending. Oh, it was Nina going to kill herself in this version. And then as soon as you start the next chapter in volume nine now. Well, well, yeah. So at the, at the very end, Gatto had, had admitted that he wasn't playing Nina. And uh, we see the Valwalo launch. Um, 
as they get to like the the place where they're getting ready to attack the naval review. So like Valwalu launches, Gato's like I'm not a player, and Nina is hospitalized because she shoots herself in the face. Yeah. So with a uh, volume eight, you know, I, I tried to kind of keep track as I was going, and other than this not killing off burning on a high level that does follow episode eight pretty close, but it's just got so much more going on within it that it doesn't feel like it at all while you're reading it. Yeah. It doesn't feel like an episode that's like specifically trying to kill burning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Episode eight is, in my opinion, one of the worst episodes of the OVA. It's, and it's like, what is it like that? One of those gun. I think we mentioned it before. It's like one of those Game of Thrones episodes where it's like it starts off with the character's history and why you should care about this character, and you're like, thirty seconds in, this guy's dead. Oh yeah, planting those death flags. <laughs> it's a little harder to, at least, make it a little harder to figure out. So. Uh, volume nine federation is very confident. Uh, so they know that, 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 uh, the, the fleet is going to attack. Um, but they're confident about their defenses of Confeto Island, which is our third name. So like we have our, um, Casval is Edward as Eduardo is Char moment with, um, Solomon is Conpe is Confeto moment. <laughs> Well, Compey and Confeto is a, that is nothing but a translation quirk. Are you sure? I just, yes. So I haven't seen the Japanese of it. I, I didn't, it's, I can't. It, it depends on the translator, which one you see, if it's Confeto or Compey Island. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think they like Confeto or whatever is like the like snack or uh, Degashi, if you will, that they kind of get the name from and it ends up in the anime being translated as Compe Island, mm-hmm. which to me makes it sound that sounds more military ish than Confeto. Yeah. yeah. So Confeto sounds more like, a, again, a confectionery treat um, in yes. Japanese, whereas Compe sounds like a name of a place. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's because the asteroid roughly looks like a confectionery. Yeah. So, um, all right. So burning is, uh, we see, what? No, I was just being an ass. Continue. Uh, so Bur- this is, we get to see Burning's death flags again. Um, he is getting worn down from battle, just like he does in the anime. Uh, and he gets allowed to go out. Uh, it's his last battle. He's going to go back to his wife after being separated for three years. And start I've got one more again. battle before retirement. Yeah, I don't think they mentioned in the anime that they were separated for three years and now they're getting back together. I think it was more like... Um, I thought ha- they did in the anime. Not three years specifically, but that they were estranged. Were they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I knew they were like separated, but not necessarily like on bad terms. I thought it was more like, I've been at the war for three years. We're going to go bang. Well, well, he's... Because remember, that's you don't even hear much about it until he's talking to uh, Cohen Keith. And he just mentions you know, something about her cooking and they're like, Oh, I didn't know you're married. He's like, well, you know, we've been, we've been apart for a while. He's like, but after this is over, I'm thinking about going back to earth and seeing if we can start over. Which yeah. is absolutely what someone would say if they've been separated. For yeah. 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 
Um, so we see that uh, propulsion parts are added to the GPO-1 from the RX-78-7. Uh, and this is, again, we we're talking about the, the Battlefield Chronicles, the UC-0081 PS3, or sorry, Battlefield Record game, um, PlayStation 3 game. Apparently this manga pulls a lot from. Um, and they dubbed this new model, the GP-01 Heavy Full Armor Mernern. And they never call it that again, which makes me believe 100% it's a joke. And I enjoyed the joke. Um, <laughs> I, I do need to point out, I think there is like a little teeny tiny OVA short or something for Battlefield Record. One of our listeners had pointed us to it at some point. And I still haven't watched it, but I still mean to. I, I did watch it. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's short. I haven't watched it yet. I'll have to grab it. So it's like, I think it's online. It's like seven minutes long or something like that. Yeah. There, most of it was like the battle of, um, about coup, I think. And then there's like a few minute, like a little bit of the, the, this part. Um, but yeah. All right. So, uh, they start heading towards the mobile armor. So essentially they, they strap giant, like not quite psycho Zaku rockets on this thing on, on GPO one. And uh, he grabs uh, Burning's unit, or so Keith or Cole grabs Burning's unit and just like launches and is like dragging him around like a, a kid dragging a ragdoll um, into battle. Um, this the the mobile armor. It uh, all right. So there's there's a second mobile armor that is with uh, the Xeon forces, and this is what um, Gato's in. Uh, and it, I don't know if they ever gave it a name. Did, did you guys see a name for it no. anywhere? Yeah. So this no. is basically like a giant shield. Um, and it has a giant freaking lobster tail on the end of it, which actually is pretty cool looking. Um, and it has these giant lasers that it's just, it wrecks the Federation. Uh, when when they get in, um, but it was yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty cool thing to watch. Yeah, I mean, all I put was just it's a big ass mobile armor. It has Unit Two inside, uh, and the Valwallo is already kind of going in and and starting to, you know, beat up on the Federation a good bit. And then this one, you know, this mobile armor, whatever it's called, that Gato's in, you know, shows up as well. So, um, but anyway, so this is where we have. Kelly and Ko fighting and Kelly like they engages Ko so that Gato can keep going uh, on the front, you know, towards Solomon or Kampe Island, whatever we want to call it. And um, yeah. So then you, you, you know, you have them fight, but then what ends up happening is burning is trying to help. Um, but then he gets smashed by the Wallow. Yeah. And you get a few like scenes here and there where like burning is like, having his convulsions or whatever, not quite convulsions, but basically like his um, I'm stressed out and I'm going to die face or whatever. Yeah. He, he should not have been out there piloting. It was that same thing that the show did. You know, the doctor was like, don't do that. And then he's like, captain doctor said, no, isn't he stupid? And captain's yeah. like, yeah, I'm bad. And, at this. Go and on keep out. in mind, this is also like right after he had been basically forced to surf like, suffer several G's of like force from being dragged on by the GPO one. Um, but yeah, so 
But hey, One, look, this is a way better way to go out than what the show did. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like um, yeah. So I actually the, the Ko's armor from the RX seventy eight seven um, had some weird laser arm type things that were attached to it that were like similar to. To me, they were like similar to like the brow brow arms that were kind of like they were smaller scale versions of them, but they they still seem to be like controlled similarly to like bits or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I I thought that was actually a pretty cool thing, and I, I I'm sure we'll see a model kit with this stuff on it one day. That'd be pretty <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Cole gets pincered and and held by. Kelly, um, and and is about to blow him up when Burning intervenes, and Burning gets himself cut up and killed, and he dies a much more normal and honorable death than he does in the anime. <laughs> he actually just like gets cut in half and dies, but it's not like this stupid like. Oh, you can get this thing that's like twitching inside your your mobile suit unit, and like you're about to find out what's really going on with uh, Operation Stardust. Actually, I th- I thought it was kind of cool. Like the an- one thing the anime did was made Operation Stardust seem like this cheesy plan throughout the entire thing, and the the manga just they don't put any sort of they, there's foreshadowing here and there, but like they don't try to cheese the foreshadowing of Operation Stardust which is much more fun to read. Yeah. The, the anime was pretty, I don't know, disappointing. Is the, is that the, is the word I'm looking for? The buildup, at least it just didn't, it didn't really pay off very well. Yeah. I think the way they exposed the story in the last half was very much like, Oh yeah, this is what we're doing now. Um, Look, they needed you to go buy that next laser disc. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, Co kills Kelly, stabs him in the cockpit. Um, what, what, you didn't kill him? Oh, no, I'm sorry. The interpretation is when you're reading the manga that Co kills Kelly, Kelly doesn't actually die in this instance, but but the readers are left believing that he Ko felt has, it implied, yeah. So, what the, the correct term for this is apparent death. Yes. So yes. Ko attacks Kelly and you see Kelly's apparent death in this chapter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So when I was reading it, I thought he died. So a lot of the notes because I take people die when they are killed. Yeah. The, 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 the way I take these notes a lot of times I'm like reading it, I'm like, Oh man, fucking Ko killed Kelly. And then like, you know, 30 pages later, Oh, Kelly's not dead. He actually didn't kill Kelly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, we assume that that co kills Kelly at this point. It looks like it because um, he gets stabbed. Like they're talking about, like I know where the cockpit is. Lightsaber, um, very similar to the way he was killed in the anime. Um, so when you're reading this, if you've seen the anime, you're like, oh shit, he's dead now. The, they have um, finally merged the timelines. Um, yeah. So um, Gato is able to break through the Fed's defenses. Um, but because he has this massive mobile armor, I don't even know if mobile armor is the right word. It's basically like this spaceship looking thing of 
metal that's probably like yeah. 30 feet thick that he's just attached rockets to and put the GPO to into in the middle of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we already mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, mobile armor is not the right way to describe this thing. It's just like a it's giant. It's the only easy, useful term. Yeah, it's a giant shield of steel with rockets. Um, and we see the feds have a big azam, which is pretty cool. They they talk about how they, they took it from Dozel and re, re, repurposed it and... Um, and it's it's up and running, so they've got a big zom, and you get the impression that they're going to do something with it. And well, Gato just blasts through it. <laughs> um, well, there's a they don't do they don't show you anything happening with it right away. Um, well, you, you have a little bit of a break in there where you get yeah. to see, uh, you know, stuff with Ko and Kelly, like yeah. where he just disabled it. And then they'll cut back to it, and there, there's a, actually it's just one cool moment there with it. Um, well, there's a couple of things. So, Gato sees it, he gets mad, he thinks it's an insult to Dozel, the fact that they would deploy that against right. Him. And then they they actually do try something cool with it before Gato wrecks it because that's what happens. He wrecks right. it, but um, he the big Zam basically like sits on a Solomus or something like right. that. And he tries to use its legs to stop that mobile armor thingy. Yeah, it does. But the problem is that Gato, because unit two is inside, it can make the mobile armor basically do a suicide run and then just pops out in the unit two. Yeah. So what essentially happens is the Zom like preps its legs on the, the suit and they're like, all right, well, the Zom's going to catch the mobile armor. And Gato's like, well, yeah, that's a perfect time for me to be able to launch out of my GPO too. <laughs> so it catches the mobile armor and GPO two pops out like, like a, a, a toy. Um, and now what happens is if you have seen the show, uh, 0083, which we just covered, um, this is where he, he fires the nuke and all that happens. So, yep. And it's pretty much, goes exactly the same and then you get to the next chapter which is the final one for volume nine and feds all in disarray and you know you got ko and gato fighting where the gundams are both wrecked gato leaves with Karius, and ko being stranded in space gets picked up by keith like this part is actually pretty damn close to the show for a while yeah this yeah this is pretty much the exact same thing um and then we go into volume 10 and we meet lieutenant monique cadillac you're not meeting her if you watched Igloo, which we didn't cover in this program because Igloo sucks. <laughs> she has the best name. I um, watched the entirety of uh, Igloo expecting something good. And she it failed. It. So she is a, a an Axis uh, officer. Yeah, uh, and you also her. have Oliver May. Oliver May is the main character in Igloo. So he introduces himself. And you have... That other guy from Igloo, whose name I didn't look up, who's just kind of like the third wheel of this operation. But yes, they are aligned with Axis at this point. So just a real, real quick thing, since we didn't cover Igloo, and if you're watching this, let me save you the time of, of having to watch it. Uh, basically, they were working in an experimental weapons division for Xeon during the one-year war. And you get to do things like watch them uh, not fire a cannon for six episodes 
because Shar is at the Battle of Loom now, and they don't need them. Huh. He did it, right? That was his name. Sure. <laughs> so Kelly has been taken prisoner on the Albion, and uh, uh, Mancha meets him and, and beats him up, um, which, cool. I mean, that's pretty on par with what Mancha does. Um, Seema is still negotiating with the Federation office, uh, leadership. Um, but now it's with Basque. Yes, because Admiral Wyatt is dead. And, and what I mentioned earlier with um, uh, whatever his name was, Admiral Wyatt is the guy that was actually protecting, um, was it Gao? I forget his name. Whatever. Yeah, Gail. Yeah. Gail. Gail. Yeah. Yeah. So is, Admiral Wyatt a, was the. It's a woman's name, so it's easy to forget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. So Admiral Wyatt was was the guy that was um, shielding him. Um, so Kelly. So Cole was injured when uh, he and uh, Gatto fought in space. Um, so we said Keith snapped him up, but what we didn't mention was that he was actually gravely injured in this battle. Um, so he is basically on life support at this point, um, back on the Albion. And we find out that Kelly has the same blood type as Ko, um, that because they have a blood type that only one in five pe 500 people have. And that's such a miracle. So Kelly is uh, able to donate blood to Ko and save his life. Hey, look, they kept Kelly alive for a reason. To add a little bit of drama to the narrative with Ko getting hurt. There are more reasons that happen, but... Kelly's actually a good character in, in, in the manga. Um, I mean, he's I, a good character in the anime, too, I think. Uh, yeah, they, like, they fleshed him out a lot more in, in this show, and I'm glad they kept him alive. Yeah, when, when we start doing these rewatches, I always wonder to myself do I remember this show well enough that I cannot rewatch it? And the only episodes from this, I actually remembered vividly enough that I was able to just kind of skim them were the ones with Kelly, like those two, they, they were a little bit slower on the action, but with what happens in them, it, they were just kind of stickier. Yeah. Like they, they were different from a lot of other Gundam episodes and, but you get cool montages. Yeah, that's right. Really gay montage. Maybe. <laughs> Mm, mm, what does that say? Anyway, it's double, uh, we get the montages in all the shows that have the the year in the title. So 0080, we get a montage, and 0083, we get a montage. <laughs> uh, yeah, so everybody finds out that they are going to drop the colony on the moon, and Kelly feels betrayed by Gato because, well, his um, wife is on Gato on on um, the moon. And Kelly never told, or Gato never told Kelly that. Um, Clara, Clara yeah, yeah, shows she, up with the Gabura Tetra, gives yep. it to Seema, so it doesn't just show up out of nowhere. Yep, yep, uh, yeah. Seema named it for her. Now, and Clara's trying to join Seema's unit, um, and this is like in contention for the next volume or two, where like Clara wants to join, and Seema's like, ah, you're too green behind the ears, whatever. Um, yeah, so Nina wakes up in the hospital. Um, she is still on the Xeon ship post-suicide attempt. And um, the ship she's on is actually one of the Axis fleet ships at this point. Um, we see Seema and Clara fighting uh, because, again, like I mentioned before, Clara wants to join Seema's unit. 
and uh, Sima hears that Gale Hunt is being um, attacked while they're while they're fighting. They're like out in space talking to each other, and um, Claire is being told that she's not good enough, and I don't think she's even been told to prove herself at this point. But eventually, she gets told be told to prove herself. Um, and then we jump to the Admiral Cohen stuff. So um, I feel like they actually treat Admiral Cohen a little bit better in the manga as well. Um, there's a lot more exposition on like his interactions with the Albion than there are in the show. Um, so he's basically gives his final order, what he anticipates his final order to be um, for the Albion to stop the Delaz fleet and Operation Stardust. And he also tells them about the Unit 3. Um, and and we see a few times, and I, I'm not I'm not going to try to jump back and forth too much here, but basically, um, Cohen knows that there's other factions in here, and they know that you know he's not been very successful and is not on the winning side of the political military wars. Um, so it's basically like he's like, do this and just keep going, even if I'm not here. Um, well, it makes Cowan look like less of an idiot. Like he knows that there are different sort of factions within the Federation with different interests that want different things that could strong arm their way up the food chain to get what they want. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not just like he's the show. It isn't entirely like this, but it feels more like he's been betrayed out of nowhere by his allies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they do the, the one part where like they're flying around in Africa and like, they're like, yeah, yeah Cohen mm -hmm. doesn't have any backing, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, th they play it out a lot better in the manga. Um, yep. So Gail Hunt is about to be killed. Um, and then Clara snipes the unit that's about to take him out. And, um, oh yeah. So Gail, Gail's hunt is in like, what is it? The RX 78 G G units or whatever. The or, RX81 G. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Mancha. Yeah. So, she's, Claire snipes the units about to kill him. And then we go back. So, Mancha is going to be given the unit three. Um, Ko is still out of commission at this point, I think. I don't think he's shown back up in the manga quite yet. Um, but yeah, Mancha is going to be given the unit three at this point. Um, Nina is assisting Xeon. Um, well, and she, uh, when they when they mention Mancha getting the Unit Three, that's when they say they're going to go to the Levian Rose yes. to pick it up. And then that is, I think, what you were about to say. Where Nina is also headed there. Yeah. So we we find out that like both both the Albion and uh, the Axis fleet are heading towards the Levian Rose. Um, Nina is assisting Xeon and basically they're, they're flying to the Levian Rose under the flag of the Axis fleet, but they're secretly giving, um, the resources that they're trying to get to the Delaz fleet. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. Nakato cock blocks the Albion from docking. And uh, we see Haskell again, the the RX or the Unit Zero and Four engineer, and she doesn't like uh, Nina as well as nobody else on this podcast. <laughs> um, Does anybody like 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like Co even doesn't really like her that much. I mean, she must have something sweet. <laughs> um, yeah. So Co tells you know. Now you know what I want to hear from. If you're listening out there and you legit like Nina, not you can defend Nina, right? Because I could come up with an argument and be like, "Well, let's see." No, no, no. That's not what I'm looking for. I want you are unironically a Nina Purpleton fan. You actually like her. You're one of the three people on Mal or however many it is that put her on your favorite characters list. Yeah. Right. Like that's low for an anime blonde waifu. That is, that is, wow. She is actually shitty. Like most, <laughs> most blonde waifus are going to have at least a few million. Yeah, if you like Nina, reach out to us and we may interview you. (laughs) Or we might not. I don't know. We'll see. We want to know them. I want to know if they exist, but I don't know if I want to know them. (laughs) You know, it's like one of those things, like we want to know how they think. Like why? Like what? What makes you like this person? I think it's the same same fascination we have with serial killers, right? It's it's uh, us. (laughs) Was it the new Tiger King documentary? Like it's it's the same same thing. It's like Mine Hunter, but with uh, Purpleton fans. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Co tells uh, Mancha that and Kelly that Kelly worked on the mobile suit. Co tells Mancha that Kelly and he worked on the mobile armor together, and Mancha beats the shit out of Co. So I mean, as he should have, right? He's like, oh yeah, this is the one that the, the guy that that just killed uh, Lieutenant Burning. I helped him make the sh- machine that killed Lieutenant Burning. And Mach is like, what the fuck? Beat, beat, beat. Um, and uh, Nina, we find out, is still trying to to hook up with Gato. Um, and 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 the again, once again, the manga does not make it appear like she's really torn between the two. She is a full-on Gato fangirl, and Ko is a, well, if I can't get Gato, I'm going to, like, find a guy that can kill him, and Ko's the guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, the prisoners on the uh, on this transport ship uh, that, that are on uh, uh, Revolt... So there's like prisoners, there's like a transport ship that has a bunch of like prisoners of war and um, they revolt, take over the transport ship and the Delaz fleet attacks the Levian Rose. Um, Mancha takes out the unit three, the stamen, and Kelly takes the pistol. So he basically like hijacks it at this point. Um, he, they get, he gets on the Levian Rose and is like, oh, I'll take this thing. Um, and he, he takes this Federation pilot and he's like, ah, yeah, this is a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Federation pilot. Let me, let me take out this mobile armor thingy and, and fight to protect you. Well, and he, he does. Yeah. So I mean, basically what you have here, Co and Kelly had this conversation before this like prisoner transfer thing. And Kelly's basically like, very, very pissed off at Gato because he thinks the plan right now is to drop a colony on Luna. Right. And um, so w- when the Delaz fleet attacks and it causes that confusion, it's during the prisoner transfer to right. take Kelly somewhere else. And he take he tri- it's Lucette that he tricks right. into taking the unit three. And so he's in the, I think they call it Orcus here. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's the Orcus. And 
yeah, you got Mancha in the the GPO three itself proper stamen, whatever. We're we're gonna go with the pistol and the stamen just because we want the darling and the Franks. <laughs> what a what a good like first couple episodes and then just just downhill immediately went to shit. I, I did. I was super dis- disappointed in that, but not a lot of stamens in Max. You get to the end and they're like, "It was monkey aliens all along." <laughs> yeah, the last few episodes of that show just uh, so bad. Have babies, <laughs> breed. Fun fact: If you just don't watch the uh, second half of it, then it's pretty good. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Kelly takes out the Orcus. Um, and Co launches out in what is it? He launch is it a core fighter? He's in. It's basically a core fighter, but we find out it's it's also really not. Yeah. Right? So you know, like sometimes your Gundam model kit comes with multiple core fighters, and you're like, why? And this is what display. And like whatever one that you actually put in the displayed model kit like with the little pilot in it and stuff. That's part of the main unit. That's what Ko's in right now. He's just not there yet. Yeah. So they essentially like convince Mancha to disengage the unit three. And so it like breaks into like two pieces, right? So like the, the top half and the bottom half break apart and um, it's getting ready to merge into like what we know as like the dendrobium. And Ko's piece becomes like the actual connector to the top piece that connects to the dendrobium and the legs and maybe the chest turn into a core fighter with Mancha in it. And Mancha's like, no, Mancha's just <laughs> in a court. Mancha is now the core fighter. That's on the extra arm of the action base. Yeah. <laughs> now he's just that guy out there, like making your display look a little bit nicer. So yeah. I would like to thank my master grade double Zeta and the way I have it displayed with its extra core fighter for making me think it about, <laughs> think about it this way. Anyway. Yeah. So um, the top half of the unit three separates from the bottom half. Co sneaks into the top half, which merges with the Orcus to form the dendrobium. And yeah, that's, that's what happens. Um, so Nina launches out again. We this is very similar to the anime. She she launches in, to, in the middle of this battle, um, and we get like a weird side boob scene. Um, there's like random fan service in this show that or this manga that just just seems out of place when they do it. Everything we have read by this guy is like this. Yeah, there's like random fan service. It's just like out of nowhere. You're like, wait, what? Um, but yeah. Um, Ko, Gato, and Kelly all meet up with each other and they hate each other and then Nina shows up and somehow she's not the center of the hate and um, better. <laughs> and that's the end of volume 10 yep and now when we started on this journey we thought that was going to be the end of what we could cover but we were saved by a drop of a translation in what was that January or February of volume 11 is pretty recent. Yeah. All things considered. Yeah. Um, yep. So volume 11, we see Nina wants to help Gato kill Cole. Um, she basically says that 
she tells Gato that if if uh, you said she says kill me or I'm going to help you kill Cole or or I'll kill help Cole kill you at this point because uh, she's like totally not a jaded ex lover that is just like trying to get her revenge at this point. Um, again, Kelly or Nina becomes the worst character once again in 0083, just as she was in the anime. Um, Captain Synapse uh, says that the Albion is going to take Unit Three uh, because he hasn't heard anything from Admiral Cohen. Um, to the contrary, and the the Federation officer that was in the anime that shot um, shot at Not Nina, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's pissed off, and but we don't see that that conflict in the, in the manga as much. Um, so we also see that Lucette believes that the dendrobium particle cannon uh, may be able to dislodge the colony from dropping onto the moon. Um, we learn that the particle cannon is more powerful than a white base mega particle beam cannon. Um, so the theory is if they can get near it and they can p- possibly like change the orbit if they blow up the column or shoot at the colony. Um, Cole gets promoted to a Lieutenant, which is really important. It's not a double promotion though. This is not in anything close to what we're no- used to. If it's not a double promotion, does it even count? Probably not. It's, it's probably just in more in name only. Yeah. You like don't even get a pay raise. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the other important part here is that you, you have, Essentially, Ko and Kelly both in the unit three. Yes. And Synapse is hesitant to order it to actually go out because who the he- to him, he's like, who the hell is Kelly? Wait, this person doesn't control of it. But then Nina says, see, the thing is, Ko's in the stamen part, and that's really like the control unit. So right. would be in control. And then Synapse is like, good enough and, for me. And I, it wasn't clear to me, but did, didn't Kelly basically lock himself into the dendro or into the, the Orcus? Something like that. Yeah, it was like he, he basically was like, "I'm, I am not leaving. Fuck you guys." <laughs> um, I would, I'd have to go back and look at it again. But it, it was, that was the impression I got, but I didn't make a ton of notes on it. Yeah, um, I mean, and of course, just like I'm gonna stop this colony drop because Gato is gonna go and drop a colony on Latura and fuck him. And then Nina continues being the worst character ever. And before they go and launch, she's like, "Oh, by the way, Kelly." Your wife is pregnant. Have even, fun. Even Ko's face there is just like telling him that now. <laughs> like, <laughs> shit. Have fun. Go launch. Um, yep. So uh, Sima communicates with the Anaheim people very similarly to the uh, the manga or the anime. Um, the the way that the the manga presented it gave me a few different thoughts about how it played out than than the anime, um, but ultimately it was the same result and probably the same intentions. The way Sima is is shown as trying to join the Federation very explicitly in the manga, um, so I kind of like was wondering if Sima was trying to uh, while I was reading this. Is Sima trying to sabotage Operation Stardust, um, or is this all part of Delaz's plan? So, at the end of the day, we learned that this is part of the Delaz Delaz's plan for Operation Stardust. But as you're reading it, if you've seen the manga, you're like, 
oh, maybe her working with Anaheim at this point is actually like subverting um, the Delazes and Gatos plans for Operation Stardust. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is just sort of taking what was in the anime that was a little bit fuzzy and taking the implication and just making it much more explicit. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the dendrobium is going to sever the colony solar ray from inside the colony. Um, so it like basically flies into the colony and we learn that Anaheim is getting ready to fire as well. Um, and then Clara is out there as well. So, um, we actually have like everybody essentially and Basque included all send units inside the colony. So this is a very different than what we had seen um, on in the anime essentially like we have an inside the colony battle as this colony is like hurtling around the moon towards um, Von Braun. Um, and there's a enemy tank kind of waiting within. And this is where, Um, yeah, so at right here, though, that it's a chapter break to 57, and we jump over to Cowan and Hyman arguing. And this isn't something that was in there, but it basically confirms that Hyman helped orchestrate the colony drop. Um, when, when Cowan mentions like his third fleet that he has sent to stop it was attacked before they even got out of Jabro airspace. Mm. Um, and then there's lines about how Cowan is like, this colony is going to miss Earth and this isn't going to go how you want it to. And Hyman's like, mm, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Seema has the Udgard in the colony as well. Um, and that's her, that's her ship, right? <sighs> Udgard? I don't know that's the name I didn't read or if it I did, it went in my head and right back out. Uh, what I, what I liked was the tank here because you've got um, like Captain May West, who's dropped this Hildolf or Kai in there, which uh, is, it reminds me a lot of the Loto from unicorn. Um, so it's like a little, it looks like a Zaku tank. We're going to find out it's a little bit cooler than that. Um, but yeah, you know, and then so this this guy that it it is from the ship of Captain May West, who was um, he was the one whose uh, like he's his ship was the one that carried the poison gas used in Operation British. So he is helping Sema out because they gave him a chance to not just be a war criminal. Um, and you know, they send out some more stuff, and then we have another little cameo thing here. It's not really a whole cameo, aha, uh -huh. but the feds are having trouble with like all these mines and stuff. Like they can't maneuver their GMs properly because there's a lot of air based mines and things. So they send out these refitted units that they had gotten, which are WAPAs. So going all the way back to the first manga that we read um, uh, by this author's Natsumoto. I, I'm forgetting right now. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, it's a, uh, um, it's not, this is not that unit, but it is a like nod to yeah. uh, UC hard graph. And uh, what you find out about that Hildolfer Kai, they hit it in the treads of the bazooka and they're like, well, that thing's worthless now because it's a tank. But then it like stands up and it has legs. 
and it's it reminds me like if you're if you're having trouble visualizing it if you've seen episode one of unicorn there's that one like little tank that gets a scene i think right before it gets blown the fuck up by the kshatriya but um it's like a tank and then its treads like expand to become these leg-like things it looks a lot like mm. that we also get to see the aha gm custom um we learned that it is a uh it is a custom unit based on the gm and uses an atomic bazooka um we also learned that the 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 atomic bazooka design was like a precursor to the uh unit two uh mega nuclear bazooka thingy um it basically this atomic bazooka can only be used once and once it's used it like is spent um cohen so the this gm it's called they call it the aha gm custom and it's not until the liner notes in the back that you realize it is the atomic heavy armor gm mm. that's where the aha comes from yep so cohen had authorized it to be used inside or on the colony um which again using nukes is a violation of the antarctic treaty what the fuck cohen um yep so a so this is where i kind of got some confusion so like the gbo2 can take out three quarters of a a space fleet uh surrounding a uh asteroid in space uh but a nuke but it can't take out a single colony they accidentally dropped a nuke on North Carolina once and it didn't even take out a tree. <laughs> There's a handful in the waters of North Carolina too, I think from similar. I don't know, but yeah, it was, yeah, that, that, that accidental drop out near Goldsboro. Um, look up that article. If you're bored during your quarantine, it's a fun little read. I remember um, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of like one fail safe kept working. Uh, so nothing, nothing happened. And it yep. wasn't found until much later. Yep. Or, or I should say it wasn't declassified and made public until much later. Yeah. So um, the AHA GM Custom is about to fire its nuke when SEMA is able to basically um, intercept it and forces it to fire early and off mark at the same time. Um, so it misses its target, um, which was supposed to be like a strut of the colony or something along those lines. Um, and, uh, they're about to leave because basically at this point they're like, ah, shit, we're fucked. We can't do anything. Um, and then Gato shows back up inside the colony. Um, Gato disowns Kelly because Kelly didn't believe in Gato enough. He's like, you should have known I wasn't going to drop a colony on your pregnant wife. Yeah. All I put was that Gato and Kelly argue they can't be friends. Yeah. And and he's like he's like and Kelly fell for a woman. Got I I Gato would never fall for a woman. Um, and then uh, Kelly basically says he's going to leave Co, but he's not going to go back to his wife, which is weird because Kelly continues to stay with Co for now. Um, it's basically one of those things like I know what I have to keep fighting for. And yeah, like, yeah, I get it. And then they keep fighting together without. Yeah. It's it's uh, going back to their gay montage here a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so Cohen has been putting a, a lot of effort into this assault on the colony. So 
Um, I had actually read this a little bit more because there's like a lot of more, a, a few more like random scenes with Cohen throughout the show. It just shows that he's like putting a lot of his capital into um, saving the moon at this point. So it makes it a lot more feasible when he's like overthrown that like his detractors can ba basically be like, look, this guy's incompetent. <laughs> like he put in all of his forces to to stop this operation and he failed. Yeah, and he even gives that mention of Admiral Colony. He's asked him to launch an all-out assault with the Earth Orbital Fleet if it comes down to it. So uh, that makes that have a little bit more gravity in that scene that we're about to see in the manga. That you, if you watch the show, you're familiar with that, where he comes in and Colony's got his cat, very dark claw-like. Anyway, um, so yeah, but yeah, and then you hear Cohen also say that you know, kind of his plan is that one thing they could also do is intercept the colony and use its controls to try to change its course, which is what ends up happening later. That's what Co tries to do at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, and that's what Gato is trying to do to make sure it, it actually goes where it is supposed to. So not a bad plan. And we have here our first mention of the point of no return. Yep. Yep. Um, and we also see uh, Nina show up in, in Co's room. Um, and she confesses her love to Ko after she talks about like banging Gato and all that fun stuff. Um, but then she's like, I also still love Gato. So what I'm saying is, could you and him be friends? And then the Look, you, you two work it out. <laughs> she, she basically says, I love both of you guys, but key or, but Ko, you need to kill Gato because Gato ghosted me. Yeah, but she's like, look, if you guys can be friends, though, there's the golden rule. So just saying, no, that part is not in the manga. I, am I feel like I feel like Ko's the only one who would have a problem with it. Probably. Yeah, yeah he would like storm off and then like Lucette or somebody would be right there. Like you could have me instead, but he would just go cry and talk to Kelly. No, I'm good. Yeah, so that's pretty much uh, everything that we have translated up till now. Um, it's it's pretty good. I I, I still like it. I mean, I, I feel like again the very similar to the anime. The first half of the manga is way better than the second half of the manga. Um, yeah, I think this. I think the overarching story just starts to fall apart the further into it you get. Like, yeah, they they tried to flesh it out more and more, but it was you know they did what they could. Yeah, and I feel like uh, just like with Thunderbolt, as as this comes along, um, if if we get a handful more chapters and it's finished um, within the next few volumes, then you know we, we'll probably come around and read them and 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 talk about them as well. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to be for a while. <laughs> yeah. So I have uh, the next three volumes. I own physical copies of them. The problem is they're all in Japanese, and. Yeah. And they are very wordy. Um, so we're going to have an episode soon where I talk about some upcoming Thunderbolt stuff that has not been officially translated and released. It's going to be coming up, I think, when the episode airs. Only a couple months away on one of the volumes. It'll be like late May. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but with 0083, I couldn't really even attempt it on a, what you'd call like a visual read of the Raws. Uh, I could not. I, I, all I could, so what I can tell you is this. So, kind of going back to um, the the how these sort of map out to the episodes. 
So volume eight is roughly episode eight, just burning doesn't die. Um, episode or volume nine is also basically episode nine, except that the burning stuff where he gets killed off from episode eight is moved up there and done differently. And then the very last chapter of volume nine, uh, which chapter 48 is part of episode 10 of the show. Volume 10 covers the rest of episode 10 of the show and the first half or two thirds or so of episode 11. Volume 11 covers the later parts of episode 11 and roughly the first half of uh, episode 12. Like basically the last big thing that happens is the uh, colony like betrayal scene um, with Cal and Ed Jabro and Hyman in the background and all that. Um, so what I can say, I didn't go back and relook at those other three volumes, 12, 13, 14 to see like exactly how they map. But I can tell you that volume 14 ends somewhere like middle to two thirds of the way through the final episode of the show, but not the very end yet. So it's, it gets stretched out a lot of that, like stretching out, right? Because you got an episode and a half of show left. And I'm saying there's three volumes of manga left and at least another fourth um, to go most of this stretching out is through action scenes, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of little loose ends that have to be revisited. You have stuff with Kelly, you have stuff with Clara, you have stuff with uh, Axis Igloo. Um, so there's a lot more uh, to go there, but I think it'll probably help it when I know the words. I don't know. <laughs> probably. Probably. We'll, we'll wrap it up, uh, you know, like a year or two. <laughs> Maybe. Like like every manga, we'll come back to it eventually. I feel like we'll come back to Thunderbolt way before we come back to 0083. Uh, when, I wonder when it's going to be done. I guess the translation is probably going to take forever. Well, I mean, the thing is that the translation, it's just Zionic uh, doing it. I don't think any other groups have. And I mean, you know, I'm not going to rush somebody doing free content. Like, yeah, however long it takes is however yeah, long. Totally. I get that. I get that. Yeah. All right. You guys got anything else? I'm kind of done with 0083 for a while. Yeah. It was a little too much. <laughs> we, 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 we cut it out. Like my retrospect on our coverage of it. Uh, I, I, I think we cut it up a little too much. I'm, I got yeah. a little overloaded with, with 0083 by the end. I think separating it out to manga and anime anime was uh, yeah, a lesson learned. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I regret it, but I so favorite. I liked reading the, the the anime or the manga. I, I like the different perspective, um, but doing them together was stressful. Yeah, so that's our recommendation. Just watch the show, enjoy it, and then later at some point you can casually read uh, the manga because you have to look it up on the internet anyway. Yep. Yeah, but it's a good read if you get to it. Definitely, yeah. definitely adds content. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, check us out in uh, two more weeks. In two weeks, we will have the our spring twenty twenty. Wait, no, I take that back. We're recording spring twenty twenty next. Uh, we'll probably have the summer twenty twenty by the time you guys are getting ready to listen to this one. So. Um, Thanks for listening. Check us out in two weeks and we will see you then.